on last week's Irrevelations. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. There's going to be a great feast. We're all going to be on the mountain. Uh, he's going to be chilling. We're going to be so fucking happy. Also, there's going to be no more death. The bed is too short to stretch out on, and the blanket is too narrow to wrap around you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> They're talking about the end of days, apocalypse, second coming bullshit. But you're still talking about Moab? I don't really know what you're getting at. It's like a prize boxing fighter, like heavyweight champion, saying that he's going to beat up his like grade school bully. The way that a lion protects its murdered prey that it killed, so will God come down and defend us. The sword of the Lord is bathed in blood. It is covered with fat, the blood of lambs and goats, fat from the kidneys of rams. Damn. Jesus, dude. F***ing flex. Before we turn to the word, I would like to I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about myself. Are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God, I am America. Just in the Bible. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. Uh, do you think legitimate self-improvement is possible? No. You don't think, um, you don't think it's I possible don't think, to change? I think asking whether or not it's impos- is possible is missing the point. I think it's immoral. <laughs> uh, self-improvement's immoral? Yeah. What's a It's ableist. Oh, of course. Some people have problems in their brain and their head. Uh-huh. Too much water or whatever. Okay. And they can't. <laughs> too much cerebral spinal the, fluid and they're capable yeah. of it. And they don't have the ability to self-improve. So you, you doing it is basically just stunting on right. them. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of completely there's a lot of douchebags who are completely uh lack any self-awareness. You know, and yeah. they're incapable of understanding their place in society and knowing how to better themselves. They have no idea how they appear to others, you know. Correct. You know, they're just like, yeah, people love me saying pussy in a public setting, you know. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I love guys that yell that word. Love it. Yeah, man, I'm fucking trying to get some pussy tonight. You're like, man, stop that. But, uh, <laughs> pretty much anyone that does that is probably incapable of self-improvement. But um, Yeah, which is why we shouldn't leave them behind. I was... um. I, I keep getting dragged back in, but I, I, I felt I f- have felt in the past that I was a self-proclaimed expert on incel culture, but I found sure. a new avenue of intelligence of, of uh, a, a new facet of the culture that undoubtedly has completely fucked my algorithm. Um, okay, but basically, I was going to recalibrate all the. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be bad for a long time. Uh, it, my, my my algorithm was previously just how to make Neapolitan pizza dough, like sixty, seventy videos of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now it's a. Um, oh, you mean your YouTube algorithm? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Like, I thought internal? you were talking about like your understanding of how people interact. No, no, no. And I, that like that this changed, was su- but... something that was so fucked up that you have to like reset <laughs> that I have to all be of like, your human like, interaction. I got to watch a Chinese person put in a baby in a microwave just so I can <laughs> cleanse my palate. Um, 
No, uh, it's the equivalent of me like smelling coffee beans, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's. I don't know why, yeah. I don't know why that would do it, but um. I can send you that dog video. <laughs> um, God, what was it? Uh, basically, I, I, I watched some algorithm where someone was making fun of incels, and for a brief second, they sent a. They were referencing something called Angel versus Witch Skull, and I was yeah, like, I've never, I I've never heard that before. So you Googled it. Yeah. Do you, Do you have an understanding? I, I looked it up. I'll, I'll explain it briefly. But it's it's basically just like a dumber version of phrenology, right? Which is saying something. <laughs> I don't know if it's a dumber version of phrenology, but basically it's it's an argument or maybe, I don't know, an analysis. Phrenology was cool. You had like calipers and all this different <laughs> stuff. This is just that bitch ugly. Um, yeah. It, it, Angel versus Witch Skull is a series of face profiles for women. Uh, the, up, the inflection of their nose, the angle of their bridge, the yeah. uh, angle of the gap between the top of your lips and the bottom of your nose like <laughs> okay very deep you know like how incels would be like yeah look at my the planar distance from my uh uh ulnar radius in my wrist is so tiny i'm a wristlet i'm a wristlet no woman would ever get with a man with a wrist this narrow and you're like dude look how baby my wrists are yeah. okay <laughs> yeah i have to make new holes in a watch strap yeah you know, and not you know, not my wrists are so jacked, you know, but yeah. you know, and they're pretty jacked. They're pretty fucking thick wrists, but yeah. um, I drink a lot of milk, but um, that's why. But that, that's kind of almost getting to the point. Is like it was all it was from a fem cell community about women lamenting that they have witch skull facial features, and they were showing about how like you can't see if you can see nostrils, it implies angel skull and blah blah, and the subtle ways of how we define beauty. In Western cultures, based on facial structure. If you can see nostrils. So if you're like a who from Whoville. Kind of. You know, Google it. It will explain. It's not a complicated concept. I did. And I like, I clicked. I didn't really. The explainer was like, I mean, it was a scroller, but it would have been like 10 pages long if it had been a a book. And I was like, no, no. (laughs) No. I was like, I get the picture. As ever, it's like, oh, yeah. Here's a here's a photo of like a Victoria's Secret model, and then here's a photo of the chick that played the Wicked Witch of the West. You know, you're like, you see, yeah. you see, you see. No man would ever <laughs> find a woman attractive with a 90 degree angle on her nose. I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. And I'm trying to remember who they use. They use some famous like uh, Ellie Gould. I, I think was a was a singer that had a pretty pronounced nostrum. Uh, and so she was a good one. No, no. She well, she's Ellie- a good example of someone who got a lot of facial surgery. To fix her oh, to witch fix skull, it. you know. But it, that's a Skrillex's wife or something, right? Ellie Gould is she married to Skrillex or Goulding? Goulding, yeah. The, she, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think they, I think they were hitched at some point. I, I have don't know. No, I, I just know she did one song. Speaking of, speaking of uh, proof that you know uh, what's what's which what skulls it called? physiology or physiology phrenology, doesn't phrenology, really matter. Phrenology? Well, no, physiology like looks oh, whatever. Okay. Um, I mean, Skrillex pulls, so clearly there's no such thing as, like... <laughs> any ugly fuck. Too well, ugly. Well, they call... Well, incels will come up with any excuse. They're, they'll be poor cells. That they're too poor to get... Uh, there's a lot of different things women are attracted to uh, that have nothing to do with personality or intelligence because, you know, obviously nice, smart guys can't get anywhere. Yeah. You know, it's... It, you gotta have a thick fucking jaw or huge wrists or like uh, symmetrical kneecaps that women are using to subtly decide whether or not they want to breed with you um, and or money. 
uh, you know, but uh, it sounds like they're themselves. <laughs> they all, all of them are ultimately. I, I mean, I disagree yeah, with yeah, your yeah. use of that word, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it started to be on like there's a whole in depth. The algorithm then switched me to an entire subgenre, which I think is like self improvement videos, but yeah, like the weirdest ones I've ever seen. One of them was called Mewing: The Art of Mewing. Are you mewing properly? Like a meow, like a cat. I don't know what the fu- I don't know what the root word is. What mewing is? And I watched the video. Is it's a way of sticking your tongue in your mouth and setting your jaw in your face such that it will develop enhance muscles your in your jaw features. to enhance your jawline quote unquote because there's a, and they're like yeah look at this nerd with his goofy little fucking upturned chin and he's like he just yeah. needs to like jut his chin out and stick his tongue in his mouth and that'll yeah. that'll 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 make you look like a real chat and they show all these guys who are like doing these jaw exercises to like develop jaw bones and shit like i, I Good God. Crazy shit. And uh, they were talking about like how to – so like it was an entire video on tongue posture, how to manage your tongue. I'm, I can barely stand straight. Let how alone. long do you think – how long do you think guys are able to like unironically ingest that stuff before they either A, they like get over it and move past it or just kill themselves? I, I almost wonder – because I remember Eli – Elliot Rogers, the famed – yeah, the, 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 that's one way. The out glorious, of the, fucking... the glorious Elliot Rogers. He he was all yeah. that, and then, and like a whole bunch of people were like, yeah, I've been working on like specific um, thumb thumb exercises because I my, I'm just really insecure about how skinny my thumbs are, you know. And I feel like if Jesus. I if I hold a girl's hand, she's gonna go, wow, what is this fucking baby thumb that's touching me right now? Like uh, like the way that they just focus on such minor insignificant details. Yeah. But I mean, that's like you're on a bullet train to being found in your car, like in the garage, <laughs> Probably. the car running. Uh, and then it also put me onto a, apparently like a lot of ones, like how to develop a deeper voice. And it's all about like how manlets can like, I don't know, do throat exercises to give them nice. a, a deeper, deeper baritone, you know? Yeah. Girl, uh, I want to sound like Barry White. Like, wait, no, <laughs> Barry Manilow. Wait, wait, which one's the what? black one? It doesn't matter. I think uh, it's Barry, Barry White. White, ironically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so ironic. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, I want, I want to sound like Barry White. Be like, yeah, that's what the bitches love. They got to have it. But, um, and then like a lot of other ones, like the three-second rule and how to be more confident in. Uh, a, a lot of that kind of like um, pseudo-incel shit. Like things, how to become like Don Draper or some dude from Peaky Blinders or shit. Like it's I mean, all just. This is obviously a dead horse, but it's just funny that. The answer, you know, obviously to this situation is not building a fake persona around yourself <laughs> so that people think you're something else compared to like just like figuring out how to imp- like be happy with yourself and what makes you feel good and going yeah. after that and like the rest of it will follow. It's kind of fucking. I'm going to tell you, if there's any incels listening to our um, podcast that haven't killed themselves or a sorority or something or a yoga studio. Um, yeah. F- yourself. Well, yeah. But. Get into woodworking. Oh, Fucking sorry. bitches oh, love yeah, yeah. Woodworking. woodworking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy yourself a strawberry pot. It's the season for it. Put some strawberries in there. Just fucking spend time in your garden. Ooh, garden. Yeah, garden. a green thumb. Yeah. Ooh. They don't care how thin your thumb is if it's yeah. green. Yeah. When when you're just when you're just thumbing straw just if I was an incel, I would one, I'd grow a fuck ton of strawberries and I'd learn how to make a chair. And I would just be sitting in my homemade chair 
on the side of the road, just just generating interest and mystique. And then when it would like when people come up to me, like, "Are you homeless?" I just pull out a pocket full of strawberries and I just thump it into her mouth. You know? <laughs> no, you got a fondue pot with chocolate. All right. <laughs> I'm just gently out on the stoop. I'm just gently simmering chocolate on the corner of the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck I mean, and to that to that point, yeah, you go out. You want to learn woodworking? Go to like a. Then you got people to hang out with. Yeah, woodworking people. They all want to. Yeah. You know, they got to get out of the wood shop at some point. Yeah, they see each other. All of us are very depressed. It, Compare it, chisels. Yeah, yeah. If you're taking time out of your day to like chisel things in the wood, you ain't got a lot going on. You know, so it's a good it's a good gateway drug. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's funny, because obviously probably the biggest block to being normal humans for these people is the time they spend, you know... Obsessing uh, about how inhuman they are. Yeah, yeah. Ironic. I, that's uh, irony. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, you know, like, Give me, I hate women, Ugh, I'm gonna go spit on a, a girl at the park. I'm like, oh, man, spend less time doing that and more time making strawberries. Um, yeah. but, Plus, uh, technically, if you spit on a girl, you're not a virgin anymore. <laughs> that's true. That's what my dad says. Um, yeah. I uh, well, I don't know. I just don't know. I, when I was uh, when I worked at um, I don't know if I want to name the company, but I worked at some fucking goofball consulting firm. Yeah, and uh, a just, big one, just corporate bullshit. Yeah, but uh, one of the things they did is they made us. There was a book club that it wasn't a normal. Like they were like, yeah, we're gonna do a book club on self improvement. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's like this, and I went to one of them. Yeah, this is a book club too, but it was a book club where the only oh, I guess it was a book club just like this because we only did the one book there too, and it was um, Seven Habits of uh, of highly of yeah, effective people yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And it was grotesque because it was like first seek to be understood. It was first seek to understand, then to be understood. And it was all like all these like ways of like improving, blah, blah, blah. And then they would Just have like, like fortune cookie bullshit. Yeah, fortune cookie bullshit. Like, oh, this is how we this is how we communicate while on a subway, blah, blah, blah all these exercises. And then they would have a, uh, a book club, which was all just people circle jerking about all the people they hated who don't do these things. And oh like no God. one was internalizing it or making it. it just, I don't know. This point, but I guess my point was um, I just don't know if it's possible. Uh, there was this show on MTV. Did you ever watch Made? I know you didn't really have TV growing up. Neither did I. Uh, yeah. Watch made where like they were like I want to be a figure skater and they're like well, well we got oh M A D E yeah I don't know what was it about no I watched M A I D oh what the fuck is that? like about maids like people cleaning no it's like it's this it's like a, a true story it's about well it's it's like being it's a drama about being Mexican but it's based on a real story of this girl who like was a victim of domestic abuse and how oh, she got out of it by, it's really depressing it's really fucked homes? up but it's good. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, title. the b- basic premise is that she finally leaves her husband. Uh-huh. She takes their kid, leaves the house. That's she has no money to her name. Her oh, really it's a recent it's a recent her. show where she yeah, it just came out on HBO like last year. Yeah, or something. I saw, I saw. Like she's in the she's in, yeah. she, like a guy meets her and she's like on her way to the airport. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And it's the girl for the girl that's uh, one of the hippies in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, anyways, yuck. Uh, but um, although they were hot, but I guess that's probably how the Manson family. Worked. And she's she's the one that got all the gratuitous uh, foot shots by Tarantino. Oh, okay. All and the right, car yeah, with Brad yeah. Pitt. I, that really he, like, did make me sympathize with the uh, the Manson family a little bit. Yeah, if I knew they were cool. They were that, were that sexy, yeah. Uh, although yeah, they're, they're, they're old now, they keep going up for parole here. And I'm like, you're not pretty enough to get away with it now. Oh yeah, like squeaky from or whatever. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. wow, off track. Off track. But, but uh, anyway, there was back. an MTV series called Made where they would bring these people on, and it would be like some teenagers, like I want to be, I want to learn how to talk to girls, and it's like the nerdiest guy ever. And they got like a pickup artist to like, okay, we're just gonna go to a 
bookstore and we're going to talk to a cashier. And this is like, this must have been 20 years ago when that was like mentally okay. Nowadays, yeah. if they had done it again, he's like, yeah, I want to go to a bookstore and co- talk to a cashier. If it were me, I'd be like, don't do that. She's just trying to yeah. work. Would you, would you just let her fucking do her job and go home? You know, can we, can we just put this guy in jail and skip the whole serial rapist thing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but cashiers aren't just there to like reject your advances. They actually have to be hit on. Yeah, yeah. Minimum wage isn't enough for them to just stand there and have nerds walk up to them and use them as like practice. Yeah, especially uh, if you look like a little bitch. Yeah, he did. He did. If you're, he, if you're hot, dude, it was it was means. a pretty funny show. I'm thinking about that one because that one was as far as it's a, he was a fucking weeb, and I, it didn't exist at the oh, time the no. term. But he was like in the anime, so there he was. So he's like, yeah, we're gonna meet our first girl, and he bowed, and he's like, all right, stop that entirely. <laughs> like, like, don't ever fucking. There were so many things where the, obviously the 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 uh, he wasn't a pickup artist. It wasn't that he was just a smooth talking dude, uh, uh, romance. Uh, uh, consultant or whatever. And like, there were so many things that that dude would do where he's like, where is that even coming from? Why the fuck are you? He's like, yes, well, chicks dig samurais. He's like, what? Where the fuck did you hear that? Like, where's that coming from? No, of course. What? Yeah, this is okay. This is your whole problem. And 90% of my advice is just do less. Just don't walk up and then like produce a flower. That's weird. Stop that. I, I mean, clearly our guy is probably pretty, uh, Severely autistic, yeah, yeah, which kind of makes the whole thing sick, right? It was like it, it was all pretty bad, but I'm not I, doing him any favors. One of my anyways, favorite ones was, and, and honestly, that was the interesting thing about the show is almost nobody succeeded, and nice. There was only one person that I saw who succeeded, and it was a football quarterback athlete who wanted to be a figure yeah. skater, and he's like, I just want to, you know, and he's the only one that did it. Because I guess if you've got the dedication and time to like put into learning a sport in the first fucking place and like lift weights and work out, then yeah, you've got the gumption, the dedication to take on something new. He just yeah. was afraid of people calling him gay. That was the only yeah. thing. The, Whereas, there's like, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're going to put you in a leotard. We're going to cover you in glitter and we're going to have a man kiss you on the cheek. If you can do that. You'll be ready for anything the world throws. Okay, at you. dude. This show, the show has apparently gone off the rails because I guess it's still on. But it's a guy trying to be a surgeon, or why is that guy covered to, in blood? I he think. wants to become a board certified surgeon. Oh, like that's way off the rails because <laughs> they only get like a week. I don't know. <laughs> he's like, he, that's why he's covered in blood. They're like, we got to speed run this shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I want to be a board certified surgeon. Like, okay. And he's like, and you'll see that I have a litany of cats that I've been practicing on. They're like, all right. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. Well, I guess we're gonna bump first. We're gonna bump you up to pigs, and then we'll. Um, All right, I'm googling the surgeon episode. I just want to see what comes of it. <laughs> but, but sorry, continue. But the general theme is is, and I thought that was the funniest thing. Is like it was like make me, make me. I want to be this. I want to be that. And I think the general vibe I got from it is that if you're the kind of person where you've been wanting to do something your whole life, and, and you just haven't tried. done it, it's because you're incapable of it. You just, as a person, are fucking incapable of it. You don't have the kind of dedication it takes to take on a new skill and learn it you know yeah. if you because if, if you did you would have done it so like they had like this fat chick who wanted to be a, yeah i don't know that's too mean but this like fat teenage girl i remember it was my favorite episode because she was kind of chubby uh-huh that one's all right what i, I can't that's before and after oh he grew a beard i mean yeah it's no it's one of the guys but then he's standing next to his pregnant wife now oh, so that's you know I, I i'm not saying that because like obviously i saw one I mean, episode where it succeeded but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess my point was is that the people that succeeded were already kind of successes. 
That's just yeah, who they that makes were. Sense. I, I saw one of my, my favorite one was this girl wanted to become a BMX biker. She's like, I just always wanted to be a BMX biker. I want to be a BMX biker. And it very quickly comes out that she really has no interest in being a BMX biker. She just wanted She just wants the the look. Yeah, she just wanted the look, but she wanted to have something interesting so she could get the attention of a guy. And they show him her with the guy, and the guy is clearly disgusted by her, just normally. Like he's like she's like, Are you coming to my BMX bike thing? And he's like, No, I'm not doing that. She's like, Are you busy? He's like, No, I'm just not going. She's like, Come on. And they're sitting on the truck bed i remember it burned my mind they're sitting on the truck bed of his truck and she's like come on she's bouncing up and down he's like you're gonna break my truck and i was just like damn bro. like it was so and she didn't even become a bmx bike. i don't even think she did like one jump you know it was just like her just heart wasn't in it she just uh, you know, again if she had if she was the kind of person who had the interest to take it on she would have done it but sure so, it was a trap uh, yeah if, if you're the kind of person who if you're the kind of person who could be a confident person and introverted i think you just do it i don't think you yeah, go to a YouTube like a vladimir video. putin yeah like a vladimir putin yeah you you just you see what you want yeah you go take it you just you just learn sambo you <laughs> arrest gays for being gay and then you you take ukraine you, know, just, you, you, you yeah, just you do kill these some people. things yeah Steven Seagal can help you get there. <laughs> yeah, Steven Seagal. Is is he he's not helping the war in Russia. I know that that would like I people mean, were I, looking for it. I hope so. I hope he is soon. I bet he's behind the scenes, you know, taking down Is he just Ukrainian too, yeah. special forces? Is he just too old cuz I remember when um I remember when Katrina came out. That was like a big watershed moment cuz Katrina happened and Sean Penn was famously had like had a little boat and was like rescuing people off of rooftops, whereas Steven Seagal was out there combating looting. God. And there was like what? And he's like, yeah, there's some people stealing people, TVs. These people are gonna from- eat, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, don't let these people eat. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, are you guys going into that shop to steal bread? Like, no, no. The shop's gonna come back later and resell that. Like, is there like what is your mindset here? Like, yeah, yeah, they're gonna come steal. If I bought a TV. And they were like, yeah, no, it's actually from the flooding of New Orleans, but it was on the top shelf, so it's fine. I'd be like, I don't, what are you doing? What? That's a loss. <laughs> that's a loss, buddy. Like, no, 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 they were, that's not their TV, though. They can't steal that. I'm Steven Jesus, Seagal. Yeah. I was in under siege. <laughs> I'll kick their ass. Him and, uh, what's his name? Kyle. Rittenhouse? Whatever. Chris Kyle. Oh, Chris Kyle? What? Yeah. He, I don't think it's true, but he claimed to be. He claimed in his book or somewhere that he was shooting looters from the roof of the uh, stadium. What the Saint Stadium? Why would he? Yeah. <laughs> That's a crazy. I never heard that, but that'd be the craziest fucking. He's like, yeah, you know those people that were looting. They're like, yeah, like hurt nobody and stealing goods that were already written off as loss and insured. He's like, yeah, I was just shooting them. Like what? Yeah. You're not authorized to just shoot people. Yeah, he said that. Uh, he said that he shot 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be true. That can't be. Even as like, I know it can't be true. It's not something that actually happened. But it just also yeah. is a crazy fucking claim. He can't have honestly have said that. Yeah. <laughs> he honestly said that, though. 30, 30 people stealing food. Again, none of which had Here. any value. Yeah. Correct. He said they were arms. Oh, which, come yeah, on. They were, but again, if he's engaging them with a sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah. So 
As for all you know, they're like neighborhood watch. Yeah, for all you know. So you just saw a guy allegedly with a gun stealing goods that don't belong to anyone at this point. Yeah. And he was like, yep, they're a threat. To who? To the, like, Radio Shack is not even going to be in business anymore after this anyway. Like, who are they stealing from? <laughs> That's crazy. That's funny as shit. God damn. What a patriot. Dude, I was on the fence about Chris Calvin. Now I'm back to loving him. <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, I love Jesse Ventura. Have you seen the video where they try to get Jesse Ventura to apologize? For what? For uh, suing Chris Kyle's wife. Okay, but we're give me some real, real quick. Yeah. So in his book, Chris Kyle wrote that he got into a bar fight and like knocked Jesse Ventura out. Okay, in his like book, American Sniper, mm-hmm. total horseshit. Right, just they have like never met. <laughs> and so Jesse Ventura like sued the publishing company for defamation or yeah. whatever, rightfully so. I mean, it was written as fact, probably libelous. Then Chris Kyle gets shot in the head, mm-hmm. hilariously funny at a gun range. Yeah, and no, he was shot in his so, home. No, it was at a gun range. Is that a gun range? I thought the dude just like showed up at his house. Whatever. No. Those details don't no, matter. But anyways, he gets killed. He uh it's the worst place to get shot. You never see it coming. At a gun range? At the gun range. Yeah. So you know, obviously he's suing like the publisher or whatever. They have insurance for that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah. And and this Fox News reporter goes up to Jesse Ventura at some press conference or something that was unrelated to that. Right. And he tries to like do a gotcha. He's like, Why are you suing? The widow of an American hero and Chris and Jesse Ventura just fucks this dude up. Like, it's like a two minute spree of like just destroying this Fox News pundit. It's really funny. Jesse Ventura was uh, an oddly coherent mind, right? He's cool. Yeah. He's cool. Like, he he seems like a goofball, but every time I hear him talk, he seems at least, at the very least, coherent. I can't really remember what his politics are, but he seemed. He's pretty. He's like. A leftist libertarian side. Because oh, I remember he had a video where he was just like, yeah, the Denver airport's fucking scary. And I was like, what? I got <laughs> he went and met with Castro yeah, that's pretty while cool. he was governor. Wait. Like, it was a crazy thing. He had to get permission from the Bush presidency. Mm. Mm. But he's like, was a, he has all these fond memories of Castro. It's really interesting. He's a pretty good guy. They um, like respected each other. But <laughs> Anyway. Uh, that's funny. But yeah, well, good. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> what else we got to talk Jesus Christ. Uh, that's pretty We're... cool. Uh, let's talk about Tesla's plantation. Which oh, okay. I'm going to go. All right. So let me explain the article. There is a lawsuit. Uh, and I saw this in LAMag.com. You you posted. You sent me the link. And then. Uh, yeah, I sent it to it. you. It happened like in February, though, right? Uh, this is from February 11th, 2022. Yeah. Law- like lawsuit alleges Tesla segregated black workers into an area referred to as the plantation. Subtext. California's civil rights agency accusing Elon Musk's company of racial discrimination, including work environment where black staffers were subject- subjected to N-word and other slurs. Uh, and I'm going to be honest right now. It is so crazy i just cannot believe it i did we, i hear you it was that was my gut but here's the thing mm-hmm. that's like if it was a normal business right then i would be like that sounds pretty wild first off you know what i'm gonna, by all means let's take it to court let's hear it out let's see because if that's right. going on obviously right drop the hammer you know i'm like i'm not really inclined i'm not we got the Jesse Smollett I mean, I'm pretty shit, sure right? Elon Musk Smollett. is a apartheid apologist he Bingo. certainly is he certainly Bingo. has problems. That's why I'm like. That's why I'm like. This is probably at least somewhat true. 
There's probably like, a kernel of it, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a um, white flight apartheidist yeah. who made all his money on the backs of basically African slavery. Yeah. I mean, as close to a literal plantation as you can find in modern times. And from what I understand, so, current slavery basically with uh, you know yeah. workplace. Uh, I don't think it's as bad as Bezos, but they're pretty. They're pretty worker. They're, they both suck. Uh, oppressionists. Yeah. So. Um, d- Despite that, somehow there's still literally a billion people who will jump in front of a bullet for him online, as the meme shows. Yeah. Um, the weird nerds. Anyways, I, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, but everything about that, they're basically they're saying that there is a certain factory where they specifically put all the black workers uh, uh, into areas that other employees referred to as porch monkey stations, yeah. the dark side, the slave ship, and the plantation. The lawsuit also describes multitude of instances in which racist language and graffiti were directed towards black employees and drawn on restroom walls, lunch tables, and workplace benches. The graffiti included phrases such as KKK, go back to Africa, as well as drawings of a noose, the Confederate flag, and F hyphen inward. I don't know. I don't know exactly. Okay. I, I can guess I think fuck, the, uh, fuck inwards. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to say this. The other thing that makes it so believable to me, okay, that, okay, like the graffiti, you know, that's probably not Musk, right? He's not going to like the shitty bathroom, like he has sure. his own. Yeah, yeah. He probably he puts it in his own graffiti. bathroom. It, yeah, yeah. Grimes, in terms of like, come forward, Grimes. Tell me what his bathroom's like. Is it just covered in? <laughs> You're gonna have to check with Chelsea Manning now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Did you see that? Yeah. Let's let's not. We'll get there. Yeah, not, or we let's, won't. Let's not get Regardless. stuck on that one. <laughs> Regardless. The the naming of these areas and the possibility that he would like not so subtly maybe put black workers into specific areas mm-hmm. sounds like exactly the kind of thing he would think is funny. Like he has such a dumb fucking sense of humor that I could just see like his little fucking minions saying things like the plantation or whatever and him just like having a fit of giggles he, over it. He has posted some fucking edgelord cringe shit where I, okay, yeah. I did not think of that. There is probably someone's like, what if we put all the black people in the location? Like, oh yeah, that'd be funny. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be like, oh yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to fight Putin for Ukraine and trans rights are gay. I'd be like, yeah, you, know, you probably, you, there's probably a pretty low barrel. And, and I, um, I mean, we talked about this when we were talking about his neural net thing, where I'm like, Elon Musk definitively does not seem like the kind of person who has a respect for human life or empathy such that um, he should be in charge of the kind of technology he is in charge of. Yeah. Well, did you see hilariously, he sent all those uh, receivers to Ukraine so so that people could get internet? Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, guess what? They are like giant red waving lit up flags for uh for missiles oh, so nice anyone that's using one so he had to come back and be like you need to station it as far away from any humans as you can if you're going to use it because it's going to get hit by a missile. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that seems straight so, yeah. that seems enjoy your, enjoy the internet <laughs> uh I, I gotta read this one because this is like okay the lawsuit says that forms of discrimination against black employees were constant taking place since Tesla began production at the plant in 2012. One worker said they heard racial slurs as frequently as 50 to 100 times a day. And I guess, are we just so privileged? Because that seems unbelievable. I think in like a blue-collar factory setting. I don't know, man. So I was in a blue-collar factory setting that was definitively racist. I I actually... Which one? uh, Liquitech. 
They don't exist anymore, oh. so I'll, I'll name them. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Oh, but that's not even that blue. I'm talking like a fact. Like, I'm talking. Uh, I mean, it was industrial. We had guys wearing, like, we, yeah, we, we filled fair. gases. We, I worked in a warehouse. I don't know. I, I drove a forklift, you know. Yeah, um, all right. I, I don't know. Blue collar status restored. Blue collar status. My collar was literally blue. Um, that was our color. Uh, but I remember I was in a meeting and they were hiring a fill job. And one of the guys was like, they literally had a guy come in who was black. And they're like, well, let's do the interview anyway, but we're not going to hire a black person. And I was like, God damn, I can't even believe you're saying it out loud. What are you talking about? He's like, well, you know, I just don't, it's just not going to be worth the lawsuits. And I was like, what are you saying? He's like, yeah, because we're all just so openly vocally racist that it would be impossible for us to stop saying the N-word at work and it will ultimately <laughs> lead to a lawsuit. I was like The owner of the company said that? Yeah. That was the owner that was no no, that was the production manager who was directly oh, okay. underneath the owner of the company. But the owner of the company gotcha. was also a huge piece of shit. Like he was one of those yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. like he's like, I don't know, I don't know. Do an, do an extra background check. That kind of like that and that's that's where I'm coming from, is that the owner of the company had a more corporate, subtle racism that I can easily believe exists, you know, like the kind of thing where like, oh, well, you know, that, you know, I, I kind of want someone for upper management. I'm kind of thinking of a, uh, you know, a wasp type character. I'm not really thinking of an afro when I think of that. Yeah, role or they'd say like, uh, you know, inner city type. Yeah, color. yeah. You know, I just <laughs> wonder if he's just a little too street for our yeah, corporate yeah, yeah. culture. Like there's that. And I've seen that a lot, and that's disturbing. But the the whole, like, even for our company that was that overt about it, it wasn't 50 to 100 times a day. Like, we're going to put that seems That seems crazy to me. Maybe it's possible. It seems like it wouldn't, like, in a, in a modern company that was started in 2012. Not 2012, but, like, when a factory is built in 2012. And you're talking essentially all new employees, that it just so immediately turns into a culture and be like, oh, here comes a, we're going to call this place the Porch Monkey Station. Like, that seems crazy to me. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's pretty wild. I mean, I think that things can go a long way really quickly if it's unchecked, right? Yeah. And you have a couple bad people can come in and, like, we'll start to generate that. Like, I've seen it. I, I was on it. This is not racism, obviously, but, like, I was on the ship. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, a couple of ship bags didn't do work, like, to fucking slack off and just be assholes to everyone. Mm -hmm. And like, that was kind of the whole temperament of like most of the boat. Mm -hmm. And then those guys left and like, it kind of changed and became like a much more positive place. And like people were took some pride in the world, all this shit. So I'm just saying like, you get a couple guys like that and then you have some management that's not going to do anything about it. Uh, I, I could see it happening. I guess I, I, I think, I guess I, I, when I, when I read it, I'm like, okay, it's that overt that someone's going to scroll KKK. K, like in California. That's pretty wild. Like I could, if it was racism against Mexicans, I'd be like, okay, I can see that. But I don't know. Yeah. I guess, I well, guess, maybe it was I guess, Mexicans I guess California it. does have some pretty famous uh, race riots. What if the Mexicans were the ones doing it? Well, then it's okay. I think. I think, so. <laughs> I think I'm gonna say it's not. I think I think it's just I don't think POCs can be racist against each other. It's just them working shit out. But I don't. I can't imagine a Mexican being like, "Yeah, man, hey, man, KKK." Like it just doesn't. I don't know. It's not really us. Man, I was about to like cringe, but then I was like, "I guess you can do that voice." Yeah, he's I like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna eat my burrito and talk about the Confederate Army." I'm like, "I don't. You guys weren't in there. I can't. We weren't in there." Yeah. <laughs> okay. We weren't there. <laughs> It, it feels like Musk is kind of like a Sennacherib type character. Oh, well, we still like got one more thing to talk about. 
Oh, shit. I don't know where all we're right, at in the time right. frame. That's gonna really once blur. again. I fucking finished. Too this early. is a long. This is a long cold opener. But I want to talk okay. about um, specifically that tweet you sent, where oh, in the yeah. same vein, where they were like, "Oh yeah, a bunch." So what was it? A bunch of Africans were gonna come to the help the Russians. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you know, Africa, sorry, Russia has, like, good relationships with a handful of African countries, I suppose, same as China, Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, I don't want to blunder it, I forget what country it was, but this one country was, like, in support of Russia, right, Mm -hmm. and was, like, doing a, like, we support Russia's, you know, fight or whatever, and some Ukraine, some, probably U.S. lib, I would imagine, I forget what it was, but some U.S. lib, whatever, took a screenshot of this like news story about this African army supporting Russia and was like, do you know what this is? This is just Russia getting them to co-sign on this aggression with the hopes of tricking Ukrainians into saying racist things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which I think is great. I think even the idea of it, just the, the thought of it. Of them being like, well, okay, we can't, boots on the ground isn't working, our tank comes, but can we trick them into, like, uh, Michael Richardsing themselves? <laughs> like, we, you know? um, like, first off, clearly there's plenty of them that won't need any help. Yeah, they don't need yeah. to be tricked into doing yeah. it. We've already seen some pretty wild shit. I don't like know if you've the, been on the fucking internet, but you just need to show any <laughs> black person, they'll come out, they'll come swinging. Yeah. Yeah. Or. If they happen to think you might be Muslim, you know they're dipping their bullets in pork <laughs> Well, I think it was kind of funny. I, I've been I, we haven't talked about the. I don't think we've really talked about the Russian war on this podcast yet. So we, we, we kind of. I think we did last time a little bit, a little bit. Because I said I remember saying that like I didn't care as long as it doesn't ruin my day. Yeah, that I don't care because it's been so, so we've been, we've been so sporadic with our episode. Because like, I remember it's I wanted to talk about the fact that so much is just getting buried. But I wanted to talk about the fact that like. There was a lot of focus on the fact that the coverage of the Russian invasion of Ukraine compared to, like, the American and Russian invasions in the Middle East and those wars, like, how completely different it was. He's like, can you guys believe this is happening to a civilized country? People are just launching bombs into street corners. Like, yeah, Syria, Iran, Iraq. Don't, you guys don't yeah, remember that yeah. time? It's They're like, like, it's a, again, you want to talk about corporate racism. Yeah. That, that kind of shit, where it's, like, not obvious yeah you know they don't say oh brown people aren't wor- lives aren't worth anything but they do imply that like oh now it's happening in the real world yeah as if yemen being basically systematically butchered by our buddy saudi arabia isn't happening Who, who's that balding english prince the heir apparent with uh william old, yeah prince william uh, said said the quiet part out loud the other day. he was like he was like yeah you expect these kind of things in the middle east and africa but here in Jesus. europe you're like yeah you expect those things because you guys are the ones doing it you're yeah you're the one in the fucking military fatigues like dropping bombs on them yeah, yeah. Piece like, of like, shit. i expect it when it's me doing it to brown people but when it's white people doing it to other white people we gotta stand up <laughs> gotta stop yeah it. yeah it's insane there's been a lot of that behavior there's there's a really funny uh, i saw like a it's not that funny, but like a, oh, yeah, a but it's hilarious. collage, a montage of like reporters basically saying that. Like, I can't believe like that. wow, what's happening in the real world now? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Can you Christ. believe this is occurring in a place God cares about? Like, like, I understand that the Middle East, those aren't actual people, and you can just yeah. blow up as many hospitals and mosques and uh, schools. But Ukrainian Slavs, they're yeah. almost white. Yeah. Almost. Can you, but you guys are kind of like like each other. You're both human beings, Ukrainians and Slavs. Like, aren't you Russians? Like, you guys are all the, kind of the same people. It's not like you're different people with different beliefs and religions where it's okay. 
because one of yeah. you is better than the other, and you know their life means less. That's that's okay. That happens. It's dismal. It's dismal, and it shows like how uh, okay we are with these little forever wars we have propped up around the world. I, I think it's just kind of funny that it seems like, not that this is new to Russia's sort of mo, but it, it seems kind of funny that. I think maybe more than ever. I guess it's probably always. I'm thinking as I think now. I'm thinking of World War One, World War Two, all the major wars. Actually, technically, a, a war of public opinion is almost the most important war you can have. Yeah, I mean, I guess just because of how fast information moves. Yeah, yeah. Well, how fast information moves and general support. You can see Russia is struggling across all fronts, but most importantly, struggling in like Twitter. Yeah, like just yeah, trying to make yeah. uh, Zelensky look bad. They're like, well, we don't know. We're like, well, we're out for we're out trying to kill the Nazis. And the crazy thing is, is that there are actually is um, I forgot what the name 20, of that division, but there's a very Azov battalion. Yeah, yeah. There's definitively a very famous Ukrainian neo-Nazi battalion fighting in the Donbas region against Russian separatists that are unapologetically Nazis. You know, it, th- those yeah. are real. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I don't know if it's obvious, but for me, at least, very sincerely find it bad what Russia's doing. And, like, I wish Putin would just die, right? I don't know how someone hasn't just clocked his ass. I guess that probably it would be more of the same, even if you did. But regardless, uh, I've read a lot of people speculating, and probably rightfully so, that, like, there's going to be a kind of a right-wing resurgence in the area following all this, because I don't know it. No one's doing anything to com- condemn it. At least not anyone with like a real platform. So it's kind of, well, I don't, I, I think it is kind of interesting. I think maybe that's just Russia getting lazy. I don't know. Cause certainly with Crimea and stuff like that, they kind of just like, yeah, we're just coming in. We're going to fucking do our thing. Like, Oh, stop. Uh, and then yeah. here you have in the, in the Donbas region, you have definitively a neo-Nazi battalion, Waging a brutal uh, war crime rift war against ridden, ru- yeah. ri- ridden war against Russian separatists in the Donbas region, you could almost make an argument. It just seems like uh, Putin did, didn't even care. Like he probably could have made some kind of argument for it. He was like, "Yeah, I'm going to kill Nazis," and like elaborate. What are you talking about? He's like, "Numb," and he just sent bombs in a Kiev. He's like, "There you go." You yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. It was like those aren't even you know like it just seemed it seemed just so sloppy. Yeah. Well, I would say that the reason probably is they're not as good at psyops as we are. I wouldn't imagine they don't have. I mean, the CIA is fucking probably the best in the world at that. So, <laughs> it, it, I mean, they we were out in front of it. I would imagine, and we're going to stay that way. It, I mean, he's going to lose that war just like he would any other war. It, it seems kind of funny how Russia still probably, as far as a global psyop campaign, is very effective you know when you're talking about like russian ads says like tulsi gabbard and um tucker carlson and, and just the way they can kind of even now there's still people who are like yeah you think it's a real war uh putin's just going in there to knock out covid 2022 you know because yeah, yeah. Uh, there's ukraine is housing clinton funded soros uh bio weapons labs and shit like that you know and, and, and yeah like, yeah there's some wild shit there's certainly there's certainly still info on, on their bot farms are very effective although now that we're kind of like cut and swim it's it seems so crazy that it seems so effective how sanctions like everyone was like oh Biden's is going to do more sanctions what a pussy but having a unified western front 
kicking the like just locking down Russia seems to be actually really fucking hurting them. Uh, for the first yeah. time in a long time. Yeah, well, hopefully it wraps up soon. Uh, I saw Zelensky is slated to uh, speak at, at our Congress, which hopefully that's not. I just hope we don't fucking do anything. Oh, are you are you worried that Zelensky's going to speak to our Congress and get us to go to war? I mean, that's definitely going to be his plea is for like a no fly zone or something. I would imagine, and there's already Congress people that are like, it's funny. I saw a hilarious poll that was like of Americans in general, like who, what percentage approves of a no fly zone? And it's like seventy percent. Mm-hmm. And then the next question was like, would you approve of a no fly zone if it was an act of war? And it was like, oh no, only like twenty yeah. percent. But it's like, how do you? You can't enforce a no fly zone. No, no. I just want. <laughs> I just want us shooting down Russian planes. <laughs> And it not be war. They picture like, that it's just like a, a dome or something, or maybe yeah. we, uh, can't we just we turn off the ability to fly in the air? Yeah, why don't we just switch? We'll just we'll just turn on the tornado machine, and that'll fuck them all up. <laughs> I, I liked uh, I liked uh, the way Republicans have kind of tried to backtrack a little bit, and I keep seeing this in all our conspiracy theories, where like Trump was like, "Yeah, man, it's it's fucking brilliant what Putin's doing. It's so great," and then like everyone was like, "Yeah, that was pretty weird that he did that," but it was like. Um, before the invasion and the invasion happens and they're like oh yeah trump or uh, putin just blew up another maternity hospital that seems kind of strange that he did that <laughs> kind of weird that he's killing all those babies like it's about saving babies lives and they're like well he just blew up a whole fucking building of them i don't know if that's well you gotta you can't make an omelet without cracking yeah yeah, yeah yeah you gotta spend money to make money you know, you gotta, yeah uh but you gotta spend babies lives to save babies but lives. now he's not it's not even something he actively fucking said but now they're like yeah well trump was the only reason putin didn't invade under trump is because trump told him listen if you invade ukraine i'll nuke moscow like like they're they're retconning the way that they're like yeah well trump was tough on putin because he didn't but we're gonna say he threatened to nuke moscow which is like like the, the way we know that trump is tough is because he would do something absolutely fucking crazy some off the they would wall, destroy the entire planet that's threat yeah though yeah. no, he, yeah. he was tough on moscow because he would have caused a nuclear holocaust <laughs> uh, I mean, that would, honestly, yeah, I'm yeah, fine yeah, with that. Uh, and then I like that he was like, yeah, like a lot of people were like, yeah, miss Trump yet? I'm like, well, let's see what Trump said. Let's paint our planes with a Chinese flag and then bomb Russia. And that way Russia will think China did. Like, it's the most fucking dumb as fuck. Like, like a South Park episode. Like a South Park episode, legitimate thought process. Like, yeah, yeah, they won't know. Because that's how, that's how people know what planes are, is they look at them and they go, wait a minute, what's spray painted on the side? <laughs> We have no way of knowing, uh, you know. Not the radar signature. They look at it with binoculars. When did China get a bunch of F-35s painted crudely <laughs> with a Chinese flag? It's probably not even the real Chinese flag. It's just like red and yellow. And they're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I saw yeah. it once. The, it's, the, it's the flag the of Mexico one. for some reason. He just doesn't know the difference. They're so like, yeah, that's not it. It's uh, North Korea. Yeah, good. Uh, speaking of, well, uh, speaking of um, wars into foreign soil to kill good. Foreign aggression. Wars of aggression on, on people God cares about. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting into the Bible today. That's yeah, that's the Bible. Because guess what? You're listening to the Revelations podcast. I'm Grant. I'm Cole, and we're on episode 134. And this one's going to come out just a week after the last one. I promise. I'm putting that on the track. Yeah. Not that that means I'll do it. Yeah. You're. I mean, obviously, awful. I'm a fuck up. No, I want to apologize real quick about that. My laptop shit the bed, and right. it took me a lot of effort to get all my files off of it. Now I'm working on the big computer. Don't apologize then. I apologize. Hey, I know you're heartless, I am. but I love these little, I love these little fuckers. Oh, okay. You were about to, 
<laughs> You're about to say something. Oh, that was some badness. I wouldn't say anything said bad. The word today. I don't. I don't trust you. I was. I bleeped that. Oh, okay. They didn't hear that. Yeah, they, now they know. <laughs> and even if you didn't bleep out what I said, like if they're just like you already said the bleep, they're just gonna think even worse. <laughs> There's no coming I'm gonna back. Do that. There's no coming back from it. I'm gonna do that. Uh, um, yeah. What do we? Yeah. Episode 134, and we're. Back in fucking Isaiah. We're like halfway done now, maybe. I don't know. But uh, Isaiah chapter 36. That's where we're starting off. We're going to knock out a couple chapters today. Here's what's great. We're turning off this bullshit uh, nonsense Isaiah's been saying day in, day out. Blah, blah, blah. These guys are going to get fucked up. And then Israel's going to get fucked up. But then God's going to come back and get them. And then this guy's going to happen. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to actually tell a little story. Here's the annoying part. It's a story that we already fucking know. Yeah, it is almost, almost, word for word, 2 Kings 18 and 19 is what we're going to cover yeah. again. Um, and it's funny because it is almost word for word. There's one specific thing that Isaiah fails to mention, which may or may not. A lot of the story is from the point of view of events that Isaiah couldn't be there for. So, yeah. um that still is happening, but there's one specific thing that is missing f- that was in Second Kings that is not. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I, 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 only because I I'm was specifically remembered it, thinking about it. I was looking for it. it. It's not particularly like 19. Well, we'll get to it, but like it's almost, okay. But anyway, so let's uh, let's start. So, chapter 36 is opening up, and we're back in time a little bit, right? We're going back. It's the 14th year. Of King Hezekiah's reign up north in Assyria, Sennacherib is the king. He is the second king of the uh, Sakhanid Empire or dynasty. So his dad sort of established a new dynastic line. Well, his, his dad was Sargon, Sargon of Akkad. Akkad. Yeah, yeah. So. The Sargon the second, but yeah. still that Sargon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, sort of established a new dynastic line in Assyria. Uh, Sargonic, Sargonid. Yeah, it's one of those words. Is what their dynasty is called. It's important. This is the it's words are important. important. Um, so, anyways, he sends down some boys to fuck up Judah. Uh, cultural relevance or historical relevance. Judah, along with all kinds of other little tribes around the outskirts of the Assyrian Empire, mm-hmm. including Babylon, were kind of being dicks. They're kind of fighting back. Or yeah, you know, we're not going to send you our tax or whatever. So they're just going around, sort of like cleaning shit up. I don't to make sure everyone's. On the same page. I'm not quite sure where... So, this is the 14th year of Hezekiah's rule. In the fourth year, I think, is when Israel gets destroyed. The northern tribes get Maybe. get carted off I don't to... Remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. By Assyria. By Assyria, yeah. So, and if I recall, that whole thing was like... like The previous king had been like, yeah, I'm not paying my fucking taxes. They're like, well, we're just going to come take you. And then, like, yeah. the new king was like, I'll pay my taxes. And he's like, I'm not paying my taxes. Like, all right, that's it. We're fucking, all right, you guys don't get to be Jews no more. And they just came and took them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all the, yeah, all the northern tribes were out. So now, 10 years after that, the after the utter destruction of 10 out of the 13 tribes of Israel, um, now Hezekiah's in charge. Uh, and Assyria is... Asking for tribute? I don't... It doesn't really make it clear. It just makes it sound like Assyria finishes the northern tribes. Like, all right, now time to fuck up the rest. Like, let's just go... 
like you you cleaned the whole house you got all the big stuff out you moved out and now it's time to kind of like sweep the corners and oh hey there's a there's a cabinet with some old medication we have to throw away that kind of thing yeah because judah is an is nothing right they're a speck they're barely mentioned um they're in uh seneca rib steel which is like the story of his life as it would have been told like on a on a column mm-hmm. um they are mentioned but only briefly they're not a world power. They're not a power, right? They're yeah. nobody compared to Assyria, the now de- uh, cowled Babylonian Empire. Even the Egyptians are a bigger deal than them. Yeah, uh, down to down to the south. And even the Philistines the weren't West. wiped out by them. And there's even like Moabites and Midianites. They're probably all in the same. Camp. Yeah, all these little tribes that that, that I the don't Jews even know what like, they're still around. Like Israel, well, Judah, Jerusalem, I guess really has some territory, but. By this point, their main powerhouse, their seafaring towns, all that, have already been taken. So they're yeah. kind of just a, they're like a little city state, really. Yeah, at this yeah, point, all right, all right, well, they're, not, they're not much of a threat to anything. But uh, I mean, at the very least, they resist this. Although they don't yeah. really, even then, you know, like um, no. So yeah, I think yeah, we'll we'll talk to, about that at the end. But so you know, Sennacherib sends he doesn't even come because again, this is a little fucking backwater. It's yeah. nobody. Sends his uh, field commander down with an army, and he shows up and gets there, uh, stops at this aqueduct, and uh, Hezekiah basically sends out three people to speak with this commander. He sends out um, Elikayim, who's the palace administrator, Shebna, the secretary, and Joha, Joa, the recorder. So you got, like, three of his fucking courtly Some bureaucrat people. ambassadors to go and, like, hear what this yeah. guy has to say. And so the field commander starts yelling to them. He's like, "All right, this is this is what the uh, the king of Assyria says. Um, why are you guys standing against us? Why aren't you paying your tribute? Like, let's just get along." Basically, um, he starts making fun of the Egyptians, who I guess the Israel had like a tenuous, or Judah had like a tenuous uh, ally, allyship. Well, as with. a as a brief Alliance. reminder, when Assyria was attacking the northern tribes and sort of subjugating them, Assyria also attacked Judah. Under the role of Ahaz. And Ahaz was given the option by Isaiah. Hey, you can either give to God or you can either trust in God or you can trust in the Egyptians. And Ahaz is like, get the fuck out of here. And he like loots the temple of all its gold, pays off the Egyptians. The Egyptians Egyptians help fight off the Assyrians. So they're they're known allies and Assyria is going to remember that the Egyptians and, you know, they fought before, you know. It'd be like, it'd be like we were fighting Iraq again. And they're like, yeah, tell the Australians they ain't shit. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so hilariously, I think this line's really it's it's better than any of the like burns in the Bible so far, almost, or at least any of the like Israelite ones. Um, he says, "Look, I know you're depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it." Damn, yeah. like I like that the visual of like it's you're using them as a staff, but like they're so fucking broke ass that like you're getting splinters from your staff it's not even yeah. helping you stand up they're a bunch funny. of fucking nobodies uh yeah it's kind of funny but uh i mean for bible humor it's i mean uh, what's this guy's name pronounce it Re- it's, a, uh, it's a crazy well, one rabshaka is the rabshaka is oh, the well, rabshaka is the messenger and that's the one I we only ever that. really see. Sennacherib sends rabshaka whatever the fuck his name is it doesn't have his name in here that i can rabshaka see. you don't it's not a what verse? Um, then the king of Assyria... Uh, well, it's a title. Uh, 36-2. Then the king of Assyria sent the Rabshakeh 
Uh, yeah, my Bible army. just says the field commander. Well, well, that's that's what Rub Shaka means, field commander. So okay. whatever, the field commander. He sends this ambassador, the field commander, and it's a general. Let's just call him a general. Whatever. Um, okay. But it's Not very whatever. it's very much a repeat of the David and Goliath story, where specifically it starts off with a blasphemy. Uh, the field commander shows up and he's like, listen, assholes, I have killed all the surrounding areas. They all had gods, too. Your god ain't fucking special. Your land ain't fucking special. Like, look to any of your surrounding nations who are much stronger than you and we fucked them up. So each like pay your goddamn taxes. We will yeah. come kill you. your god. Ain't nothing special. That's going to stop us. So he, yeah, he gives him the stick, but then he offers the carrot. He's like, look, I know you're getting all these horses and shit from Egypt. Fuck them. I'll give you 2,000 horses right now. You probably don't even have 2,000 people to ride them, but whatever. Yeah. You can have them. Yeah. Like, it's cool. Let's just be cool. There's no reason for us to go to war. So, hilariously, he says all this. It's like a little monologue he gives. And the three guys from Hezekiah are standing on the wall. They're like, hey, man, could, could you, like, switch to Aramaic? We're smart. We're not like these peasants. We understand Aramaic, which would be like the Syrian-ish language. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't speak in Hebrew. We don't want all our, our subjects to hear you. Yeah. And he says, no, bitch, They're, they get to hear it, too. And he sa- he starts looking at the people at the wall. He's like, if you guys want to, like, have a cool life, just tell your king to give the – don't fucking get you killed. Yeah. We're going to – I'll take you to another land. We'll give you vineyards. I'm going to give you the best wheat, all this good shit. So he's, like, he's appealing to the crowd. Yeah, he's like, listen, Hezekiah is already taking your fucking taxes. The fact that he won't pay his tribute is going to get you all killed. You know, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tale as old as time of like a autocrat oligarch, you know, up in his tower getting bad intel, and the peasants are the ones who are going to get sanctioned, and yeah. he's like, no, 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 shield all the information. I want to close down the whatever the whatever whatever the Jew version is of Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I did it. But uh, fortunately, I guess the, uh, Hezekiah had also ordered the people not to listen, and they didn't. So no one like took uh, the general up on his offer. Um, they remained silent, it says. And uh, basically, the three subjects run back to the palace to their king and tear their clothes and put ash all over them, as is, as is the tradition. tradition. Yeah, Some, yeah. You know, the, the local like tailor's union came up with that tradition. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you get bad news, rip your shirt, bro. It'll fucking, there's no better way to do it. The local, the local tailor and Ash Emporium. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Emporium. Yeah. I like that. There's like, he's like, he's like, Hey guys, I am actually going to kill all of you. And they're like, all right, first off, bro, would you keep your voice down? <laughs> <laughs> you can kill us, but don't yeah, yeah, tell man, them. Shut the fuck up, bro. Yeah. If you want to talk and be cool, be cool. But like, talk to me. Don't you know, do all this thing in front yeah. of people. You know? Yeah, he also mentions to the crowd. He's like, uh, "Hey, you know that uh, you up there sitting on the wall, you know that if he, your king doesn't do what I say, you're gonna have to eat your own shit and drink your own piss." So also, <laughs> this guy knows how to talk. That's a pretty funny line. I was like, "Hey, just so you know, you're gonna have to eat your own shit if you uh, if you do it this." Yeah, if your king tries to hold I should out use on that me. line more often. Be like, "If you guys want to try this, I, I swear to God, you're gonna have to eat your own shit." I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. Uh, uh, that's chapter thirty six. There's only a subtle. There's a subtle, subtle difference here. Uh, just going back okay. to so what, what's missing uh, comparison to. It's odd because like there's a lot of different times where, especially during the early Old Testament, like when you start talking Moses and Joshua and, and those kind of territory. There's a lot of times where they'll mention one thing, 
And then when they recount it again, the numbers are off or it doesn't match or it doesn't make sense, that kind of thing. Uh, this is yeah. oddly, almost verbatim, Second Kings. Like, and I'm, I'm assuming that it was written well, like either during the same time that Second Kings was being written. You know, they're obviously yeah. written well after the fact of the events that they're recounting. Um, but you, usually the Bible's more contradictory, but this is like almost an exact, it's like they copy and pasted it somehow. Uh, yeah, which is, well, I mean, even, especially whenever we get to his, uh, Isaiah's prophecy, I mean, it's word for word. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also consider the fact that the Bible has been translated multiple times, and throughout that, there were editors that were like, well, let's make this fit. You know, yeah. So who knows? Like the guys that, that work on the movies. The, uh, yeah. What are they called? Uh, a con- con- continuation. Continu- uh, yeah, continuity. 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 Yeah. yeah. Continuity, guys. Uh, so there, there was some of that, although not everywhere, and especially in the New Testament, it starts to get a little bit rocky. But um, yeah. Yeah. It, the, the point is that there's one thing that's missing Assyria. F- destroys in the fourth year. So I guess it's not really missing. It's just kind of weird that it's not in there because it jumps right to the 14th year. I believe it's in the fourth year of Hezekiah's rule is when they destroy the north and like as they're punching the north in the face, they look over to Judah and they're like, all right, and you pay your fucking money too. And Hezekiah's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. So he, whereas his grandfather Ahaz looted the temple of all its gold to pay tribute to Assyria to keep them from killing them. Uh, Well, I guess they paid Egypt to keep them from killing them. Uh, yeah. Hezekiah has fallen on harder times. There's no more. There's not enough gold in the temple to make the pay the tribute. He has to melt down the gold from the doors. So at this point, yeah, they're like right. popping the jewels out of their crowns to like pay off their tribute. T- times are tough for Hezekiah. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah, sucks. But that sucks to be that's him. that was in Kings, Second Kings. It's not in this. So they are basically a vassal. They are paying tribute, which makes them like under yeah. the Assyrian. Yeah, Emperor. Just pay your fucking taxes, um, bro. Right. So 37, the three palace administrator guys get back to Hezekiah. He tears his clothes, of course, too, which I'm imagining is some nice clothes. Yeah. Fuck. Like, dude, you need to be fucking pinching pennies right now. <laughs> not tearing like, like, bro, do you have any idea up. how much money we owe and you're just ripping your shirt? Yeah. Idiot. Um, so well, we don't have enough homeless uh, you can clothe. You got to fucking tear it for dramatic effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he sees his boys. And uh, what does he do? You can take it from here. I got the timeline mixed up. So basically, Hezekiah hears these guys. The, the messengers come back and be like, yeah, uh, Assyria's outside the gate. They definitely want to fucking kill us. And apparently he said Egypt ain't shit, you know, and they're coming. So- oh, yeah. So they go. Sorry. He sends those three guys to Isaiah. To tell Isaiah what's going on. Because, like, he, you know, he's like a weird-ass hermit prophet guy. He's not there in the palace. So they go off to explain the situation. And, like, oh, my God, we're freaking out. You know, pray for us. Save us, Isaiah, basically. Uh, appeal to God. You know, that's a good fallback. And Isaiah's like, nah, man, don't worry about that guy. Which I get. And this is kind of why I bring up the whole David and Goliath thing. Is that what kind of gets buried is that Goliath specifically is he's the champion. And he walks up in front of David's, uh, not David's army, but the army of Israel. And is like, your God ain't shit. Bring God right here. I'm going to punch him right in the balls. You know? And God gets so angry. He's like, how dare that guy fucking talk shit about me? That's the one thing you don't do to God is you don't call him out. You know? And just like, you know, so similar. Whereas in that instance, God sends out David to go, you know, take his mouth, his, his, his name out of his mouth. 
yeah, in this instance, I'm Isaiah's sure like, yeah, are. listen. Which is weird, because, like, yeah, Isaiah doesn't really get involved in anything. Um, but whenever he hears someone else talking shit, he, he's like that, uh, he's like, uh, God, in this instance, he's like one of those, like, abusive dads. I know we do that a lot. He's like one of those abusive dads that kicks the shit out of his fucking kids all the time, you know? And then, yeah. like, he, like his kids are getting bullies, like, whatever, whatever. He's like, yeah, and also he said, you're a drunk. And he's like, what do you say? He's talking about me now? <laughs> now he cares. He's talking about me now. That's all right. Well, I'm listen. I'm unemployed for reasons my back hurt. Anyway, I'm gonna go to that kid and I'm gonna kick his ass on his way to school. You know, and it's even worse because the kid that's the bully that's beating up the child was actually forced by the dad to beat up his kid. Yeah, that's right. They're an instrument. By so there's even like an. It's more incestuous than it sounds. Like like the kid just uh, gets like uh, the kid just gets an anonymous twenty dollar bill and he's like, listen, I need you to make fun of God. And he's like, all right, well, I don't know. all right, sure, sure, sure. Huge mistake. So, uh, yeah, Isaiah basically says, look, don't worry about it. God's going to take care of it like he always does. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like I, I like the idea. It's like, what do you think? Like Isaiah is like, don't worry. There's no way God would allow his chosen people to get destroyed by the Assyrians. And they're just like looking over the hill on the wreckage that was Israel. They're like, yeah, probably. Probably that's fine. Yeah, it should be yeah, fine. He wouldn't do that. It should be fine. God took care of them, yeah, right? Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't do that unless, of course, maybe they lit some some incense or something on hills. Um. So the word gets back, you know, that the Jews aren't afraid. Um. Sennacherib, the the emperor, gets um word that the king of Cush is coming out to fight him, which is Egypt. Roughly, it's all because it, it's at this point Egypt is being ruled by Kushites, which is basically Ethiopia. Yeah, but it's it's yeah, it's like the upper Nile as opposed to the lower. Um, but it's still the Egyptians as far like in Assyrian when they talk about their conquest, they go this happens, but it's Egypt. That's what right. So whatever. Um, so they hear that like the uh, Egyptians are being dicks, you know, rebelling a little bit mm-hmm. or being difficult coming what's, to maybe fight these what's Syrians. interesting is that like they're like isaiah what are we going to do a serious coming he's like don't worry god's on it he's going to put a foul rumor into their minds that make them give up their conquest and return home to go deal with it yeah and he's like but don't trust the egyptians they're not going to help you god is and yet even when god's like trying to trick him he's like make them think the egyptians are coming you know like <laughs> Yeah, like use, God uses the Egyptians. I'm gonna use those useless uh, fucking Egyptians, but when, it's cool when I do it. Yeah, so he gets a report of that, and he basically wants to fast track things. He's like, "All right, Sennacherib says, tell Hezekiah, we ain't fucking around. Your God's not gonna save you. Just fucking give me what I'm owed, right? Mm-hmm. Plain and simple." At which point, you know, Hezekiah gets this letter. He reads it, goes to the temple to pray about it. You know, he, he's he's hearing one thing from a very real emperor of, of like, the most powerful current nation on Earth, presumably, uh, that's – he can hold it. He can see it. He's seen the army. And then Isaiah's like, no, man, you're fine. Don't bow. Don't bow down. Yeah. Don't give him no gold. What's he going to do? God's got you. <laughs> what are you going to do? Stab like, me? <laughs> it's like a crazy, hairy guy coming out of his cave and telling yeah, you this. So yeah. it's like, oh, Fuck. Fuck, just, fuck, he just fuck. walked out there and was like, no, 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 man. It's actually a false flag. They're actually going after the bio labs. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it, it, hey, tune into Isaiah's InfoWars episode and see what he has to He's say He's like, hey, about- man, I think there's an army of mine. I was like, nah, man, that's cool. That's just, you're just, you got to open your mind, man. It's just George Soros funded fucking misinformation. Yeah. Can't believe that yeah, shit. Yeah, it's a, 
they're controlling the weather. Turn off the um, TV and watch my podcast. That's all you got to do. <laughs> He's like, all right. Thank you, Isaiah. So he goes to start praying. And then Isaiah gives us a prophecy. And we've already read this again back in Second Kings. But it's word for word um, about how Isaiah is, or how Assyria is going to fail in their conquest of Israel. Right. Or of, of Judah. I, can't, I, can't I don't think it really, I don't think up. it really explains it. It just says that like, yeah, he's not going to do it. He's not going to step foot. He's not going to fire a single air. He ain't going to do fucking nothing. Yeah. God's going to defend the city. He says in, in essence. Now we already know this part, but what ends up happening? He gets a prophecy. Sure enough, this army shows up and it says that an angel of the Lord goes out and puts to death the entire army, which is get this. 185,000 Assyrians. Is that possible? So, I, I don't think I've ever like looked up to see what a... Good question. Because I that's what it got to me. And so I started doing some digging. Yep. And the at, at the absolute height of its power, all armies considered, not just one, but like all of its troops throughout the entire nation mm-hmm. may be capped out at 300k. Okay. So, so did they maybe have that number? Possibly. Here's the thing, though. When they took Syria... Which you know happened ten years ago, uh-huh. and uh, the the general who was in charge of that front, and now this this Damascus was a huge city, um, a whole it's a whole nation, right? Aram and or Syria. Samaria, right? Is that that's in there? And Samaria is, is Israel, but yeah. So when he goes on this huge conquest to wipe out an entire enemy nation, mm-hmm. the general was bragging and therefore probably embellishing mm-hmm. that he had an enormous army of a hundred and twenty thousand. Okay, so. Okay, so now we have this like little shit stain of a fucking city state. Yeah, and they're just, they don't even want to go to war; they just want to go intimidate them. And you're telling me that they sent an even larger army than they did for this grand campaign? Like, I don't buy like, it. Okay, remember how we killed those ten tribes and took over eighty yeah. percent of the land? Okay, I want you to send an extra fifty thousand dudes to go hassle the HOA. And not just those ten tribes; also all of Syria, That's which true, are yeah. presumably as big or bigger than Israel. So, yeah. Insane, not even reasonable. The only one little speck of, of, I guess, pros in the pro con of whether or not this is mm-hmm. possible that Israel or the Judah has going for it is that the steel that what whatever the fuck his name is, Sennacherib, and his like life steel, it it lists all of his conquests and it says where they went and. That they conquered it, or that they got them in line and they conquered them. Mm-hmm. The line for Judah doesn't say they conquered them. I mean, they did get their money. They like Judah starts paying them, which does not happen in the Bible. Right. But they start they get them in line. But a, presumably they didn't have to fight, which to me reads that this story is cover up for what they actually did, which was pay them off. You know what's weird is because it's already explained that in the fourth year, has a, like Assyria comes over, tries to bully Israel or, or Judah, and Judah's like, yeah, man, I'll fucking pay you, I'll pay you, I'll pay you. Like, Please, go, 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 go. You know, he's like, you better have my fucking money. And then they leave. Yeah. And then here's a second story where like, yeah, by the way, we did get the, we got the last laugh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it, it happened, you know, obviously they couldn't have had more than a few thousand soldiers, which is probably what that 2,000 horses line is about. Yeah. So, I mean... Of course, the only way that you could tell this story is that uh, the angel of the Lord showed up and killed two hundred thousand. Bye. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, there's no. He just fucking- he just he just sharpened his knives and killed a bunch of dudes. You know. Uh, yeah. It, it does seem it, it does seem like if they had lost more than half their entire fucking conquesting force, 
They might have mentioned it. Yeah. And the funny part here is that then as like a, a dunk on them, that last verse, they say one day uh, talking about, um, talking about uh, Sennacherib one day while he was worshiping in the temple of his God, Nisroch, his sons, Adremelech and Shazerir, which those are not their names, but whatever, uh, killed him with a sword and they escaped to the land of Ararat and his son, Erserhadon, uh, succeeded him as king. Now that sounds like he got got. And yes, he did indeed. He was killed by his own sons. But what the Bible leaves out in this little section is that uh, it happened because he his oldest son died. And so then, like, presumably the second son became the heir. But he didn't like that shithead. So he made the third son the heir, mm-hmm. right? His thirdborn. And because he's, like, more competent of a person, I suppose. So the other two were like, oh, shit, we can't let him do that to us. The second and the fourth go and kill the dad so that they can take over. But then the son that he wanted all along was like, no, fuck you guys, and takes over and kicks them out or kills them or whatever. And so he still got what he wanted for the country. The country's in good hands. Everything's fine. Right. So uh, even though he died, it's like, meh. What, compared to the shit that Israel and Judah's been going through, they're doing fine. I'm uh, I'm reading the Wikipedia page, trying to like get my mind wrapped around this. Because I mean, that's what I read. Yeah. Okay. Da-da-da-da. After conspiring with Egypt, an anti-Assyrian king of the city of Ascalon to garner support, Hezekiah attacked Philistine cities loyal to Assyria, and captured the Assyrian vassal Padi. Blah blah blah. I'm just trying to think about like I- I'm specifically because my Bible says that the ancient historian Herodotus records that the camp was infested with mice. Evidently, God struck down the army with a powerful and deadly plague carried by mice. So, come on, man. The Bible is saying, like, yeah, the angel came and killed 185,000. And, like, they're like, well, technically, Herodotus says that they had a pretty nasty mice infestation. So, that's probably what. Yeah. Uh, and also, not even necessarily related to the Judah campaign or anything, yeah. right? It's like, uh, it looks like uh, I'm just reading the the, the Wikipedia. Uh, I wish I had done this before. <laughs> I should have. Um, Sennacherib's account of what happened at Jerusalem begins with, As for Hezekiah, like a caged bird, I shut up in Jerusalem, his royal city. I barricaded him with outpost and exit from the gate of a city I made taboo for him. Taboo. Whatever. Um, so Damn. they blockaded the entire city. Uh, apparently, according to the Syrians, the siege ended without any serious fighting. Uh, and how it ended is uncertain, so it's really only the Jews who are saying, like, yeah, by the way, there was a bunch of, uh, it was an angel, it was a destroying angel. Uh, Herodotus describes the operation as an Assyrian failure due to a multitude of field mice descending upon the Assyrian camp, devouring crucial materials such as quivers and bowstrings, leaving the Assyrians unarmed. So, Herodotus, so even my Bible's a fucking liar. Herodotus himself was like, yeah, it actually just fucked up their supply lines for their weaponry. But no yeah. one's claiming that 185,000 people died. Yeah. Interesting. Well, good try, though, Bible. You know? Yeah. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, and apparently, according to the Babylonians, who love talking shit about the Assyrians, they don't mention anything of it. So if the Babylonians yeah, didn't say that there was a would've. huge defeat, then it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Open a shut case. Didn't fucking happen. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Kind of, I mean, at least. And I wonder if there's a reason. Like, when. It's kind of funny. 
prior to the Judean kingdom, so much of what God does is like, yeah, and by the way, I want everyone forever to remember how I fucked up Egypt. And I want yeah. everyone to remember what I did at Jericho. And I want everyone to remember this and that. And then by the time we get to like contemporary sources, he's like, just secretly kill all those fucking... You guys remember when I killed all the, like 185,000 people, right? Like, you remember? Yeah? As long as you guys got it. It's not not like anyone else. Like, by the time we start getting to like actual written records where people actually do remember it, they're like, yeah, maybe it was a little bit sneaky. I don't know. Yeah. I killed 185,000 people. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. Like how, so you just see them leaving and God's like, I killed those guys. Those guys that are leaving right now? Like, yeah, they're dead. Killed 185,000 of them. Do you know what? They have fun. That's what they there's do. A, uh, there's a Terrible. really famous anti-Semitic joke. That, uh, nope. We're not <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just thinking about it. Uh, where, uh, I'm trying to remember where I heard this. Words. I think Norm MacDonald said so. I'm going to blame him. But... Um, this Jewish son asks his dad, hey, dad, can I have $50? And the dad goes, $40? What do you need $20 for? Yeah, I've heard that joke. I think most people yeah, have. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. He's like, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, I heard you killed 50,000 people. Like, 100,000 people? What do you mean I killed 185,000 people? It's like kind of like a, uh, yeah, it's a, little, yeah, yeah, a little bit yeah. of an okay. opposite. I don't know. There's something you should have just told that joke. Yeah, that would have made sense. But I wanted to explain. I didn't know that that joke was like well known. I, I feel like I heard yeah. it randomly somewhere. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Fair. Uh, still gonna hold it against you. Okay. <laughs> um, anything? I, I mean, we've already read this fucking shit before. We don't gotta yeah, who cares? hash um, it out too much. But that's the context: is that it's a, literally a word for word. Even the prophecy and everything. It's almost. I, I even checked like the verse numbers, and it's almost directly right on top of each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dude. This is Isaiah. Just me. He wanted his book to be big. Yeah. So he's like doing as much, stretching it out. Just, oh, I'm gonna cite an entire couple chapters from this one other thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously Isaiah didn't put this book together, I'm joking, but it's weird. It's annoying. But it's a nice little reminder. It kind of ties the uh timeline together a little bit for when Isaiah was around, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So there was a siege. It ended magically. Yeah, yeah somehow. God takes all the credit. Yep, and you can decide whether or not any of it's real. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's your right. It's all fake news, probably. That's true. Uh, if you don't already, you can follow us on Twitter, mm-hmm. at IrrevelationsP. And if you want to send us an email, that's going to be irrevelationspodcast at gmail.com. What would it take mm. for you? Mm. Like, what incentive... Mm. Would it take for you to go sign up and join the Ukrainian army, fight the Russians? Ooh. I'll tell you, I was almost, it was kind of funny. So again, I, I do, I hang out with my, my neighbor and they've got this one friend who is aggressively liberal, right? Okay. And I'm pretty liberal. I'm like anarcho liberal, you know, but yeah. the fact that I own guns pisses them off. Yeah. I hope you flash they, them they, all the time. They, obviously, they try to it, it, it manifest in very backhanded comments. But we were talking, like, yeah, cool. And they said the exact same shit, like, just out of the blue, like, yeah, cool. You're going to go fight Ukraine? You're always talking about fighting dictators. Where you're going to finally put your money where your mouth is? And I was like, actually, 
I did hear the Azov Battalion. I did hear that Ukraine was giving select fire AKs out to anyone who wanted to shoot. I was like, well, shit, man, you fucking. <laughs> I would just go there. Since so that's all it would take? Is that your answer? That's about it. Yeah, that's hard that's to get so hit. Like a fucking actual um, Russian, like a uh, Eastern Bloc f- select fire AK, that's like good as gold. I fucking, with actual battle damage. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I'd do it. I'd do it for that. I don't know. I, um, I've been watching a lot of videos of like these mercenaries be like, yeah, we're coming there to do it. It The, the way this war is turning out, it's such an odd... Obviously, it's going to be big for society. The fact that Russia is just crumbling under its own weight, and uh, but just the narratives coming out—the ghosts of Kiev, you know—and like, yeah, the, that was fake, right? I have no idea. I, I'd, I'm pretty sure that it, was it fake. seemed it seemed ridiculous. Like they're like, yeah, we finally have the the first ace of the 21st century. You know, yeah, that someone okay. actually shot down six planes and stuff like that, but they won't release his name or what have you. You know, there's been a lot of stuff yeah. like that. Like I saw a video of like a funeral procession moving through the streets, and people were kneeling for the hero of Kiev, and no one could explain what they were specifically referencing or who it even was. You know, They're like yeah, you know, just it seems like the PR it's the machine. Yeah, it seems like the yeah. PR coming out of Ukraine is vastly superior to what russians are put out but it does seem it's not even that it's better it's just that i feel like there's a lot more the the narrative on that one is just more fun for like libs to get on board with yeah like um it it is kind of funny it's a rough year for in its own way it's a rough year for democrats a little bit um it, it was kind of funny that uh in biden's state of the union address he was like, yeah, we got to get rid of all these crazy assault rifles. No one, if you want to fight America, you need like F-16s. I'm like, I don't know, man. You kind of just see a bunch of rough and tumble dudes with AKs and Molotov cocktails fucking the shit out of like a uh, nuclear power. They're doing a pretty good job of yeah. it. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but it, I, my point is like, you see like all these like mercenaries being like, like taking selfies. Like I'm going to the front. I'm going to go kick some Russian ass. It just seems like somehow Russia has bungled this so fucking much that it's becoming something where people are like, maybe I'll just go over there and kill a few. I don't know. I mean, you know, like it's just a bunch of fat guys and like with like their army surplus Kevlar vests. It's like, I might go over there. It seems like easy pickings, right? I hope that. I hope a lot of guys go over there. Yeah. Like they're just running out of gas in the field. If they're getting their ass kicked by a bunch of guys with tractors, I'm pretty sure I can go pick up my free rifle and shoot a few yeah. and come back, you know? Seems pretty low Yeah, get risk. out of your system. Yeah, get out of your system. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got some Cathartic. new, I got some new boots that haven't been broken in. I probably just work them out there, and you know, get some. But hell yeah, have you thought? I mean, you should, you should fight. I mean, you're you're a public affairs dude. Just go and like post some like pictures of like trans soldiers holding the severed heads of like Russian. Yeah, troops. I don't like Ukraine though. Like, I'm not going to do anything for them. Is Ukraine the good guys? Like, I, don't want, I don't really. I, don't, I no, it's not like that. I know. I don't want any Russia. Ukrainian civilians to die. I'm just not going to do any, like. I am I'm trying to be a role model for America. Okay. And that is you just are. not giving a shit about this. <laughs> Americans take hands, join me in being completely apathetic to this entire situation. That is the official message of this podcast. Good night everyone.